everybody, we are hashtag money woke. Welcome back to the Greg Chats Cash Podcast. Here doing the daily dish, talking about money stuff till my dishes are done. And today it's a numbers game. Today I want to talk a little bit about not necessarily dollars and cents numbers, but in some cases we will with things like the $5 bill challenge, but different tips and tricks that I've used and heard of and enjoy passing on as far as numbers, tips, and tricks to keep in mind. And since I said it already, let's start. Oh, by the way, welcome to The Daily Dish. Today's Daily Dish is sponsored by whatever grime is on the bottom of this pan, which is going to keep me here for a while. It's actually a colander. Um, but uh, I don't have a full sponsor yet, but it is really sponsored by your time and attention. I really appreciate you jumping on here. And if there's something to get specific about that you want to hear more about on The Daily Dish, please let me know. I want to make sure that my financial conversation topics are important to you and useful to you along the way. And of course, as always, if you're catching it on the live stream, definitely check out the podcast. And those podcasters out there, check out, come join me and hit me up directly on Instagram and Twitch. I love chatting one-on-one and helping people out if you have a question that you don't want to bring to the public. So, right off the bat, it's a numbers game. We're going to start off with one of my favorite challenges. You may have heard me talk about it before, but it's a really, really great way to start hacking your financial decisions, the $5 bill challenge. Because when it comes to the choices we make with our wealth and health and habits, one of the wealth health habits that I like to keep in mind is I'm a gamer, so how can I gamify things a little bit more? The $5 bill challenge goes like this. Well, for one, psychologically, it's been proven that we do better when we spend cash rather than swipe cards. So if we are able to be more on track of our spending and we are really trying to dial in some savings and paying down debt and we are known to spend, the $5 bill challenge goes like this. You try to switch to more cash spending whenever possible rather than swiping cards. And in that challenge, anytime you spend cash, when you spend a $20 bill, and the total is $9, and you get $11 change. If you get a 1 and a 10, you go about your merry way, continue on your day, and then if you get a 1 and two fives, this is where the challenge becomes interesting. The $5 bill challenge means that any $5 bill you receive as change, you automatically must save or put directly towards your debt or investing. Therefore, all of a sudden, you'll be kind of betting on, or it actually becomes a bit of a game and a bit of a surprise as to what people give you back for change. I know some people even like to gamify the system some more and really give themselves, you know, set the setting to hard and tell people, will you give me some fives back if you have any, if that's some spare change? Because I will tell you what, if you want to see some cash stash and stack real quick, the $5 bill challenge is a great way to get that going. And when it comes down to it, what are we saving for? Definitely the cash stronghold for emergencies and opportunities, but also different types of savings priorities along the way. This is where the gamification of the $5 bill challenge can come in really handy. Maybe you set some short-term goals. Like, for example, what is the first $50 of your $5 bill challenge going towards? What are the first $500 of your $5 bill challenge going towards? And if you want to be really hardcore about it and go for the long haul, what are the first $5,000 of your $5 bill challenge going towards? Imagine if you had a $1,005 bills. Anyway, let's talk about some other number games to keep in mind. Today, I was talking to some folks while I was gaming on Twitch, uh, uh, playing some Fortnite. I was talking about thinking in threes, which is one of my favorite ways to think 
about access to our financial tools. I say financial tools because I'm not just talking about money. There's different types of ways to use financial tools like money, currency, to set ourselves up for strong wealth health. And with the thinking in threes, I want you to think along these lines. How much money do you need in three seconds to three minutes? Most of us are not going to need much more than 20, 30, 40, maybe go as far as $100. But I'll tell you what, that 20, 30, 40, $100 or whatever it's going to be and that you need access to in three seconds to three minutes, that's usually money that we're keeping on our person, right? In our wallet, in our purse, in our pocket, whatever like that. And for me, those three minutes to, or those three seconds to three minutes, I really most of the time do not need $100. And in those situations, having $100 in my pocket is actually going to hurt me because I'm more likely to spend $10 on something if I've got 100 bucks. If I've got $100 in my pocket, it is much easier for me to spend 10 bucks on something because I'm only spending 10% of my money. But if I have 20 or 30 bucks in my pocket, spending that 10 all of a sudden feels much more significant. This is where it's about a psychological numbers game. So I purposely try not to carry more than $50 on me at any given time. So by carrying $50 cash on me at any given time, when I'm thinking in threes, that's the most money I really need access to in three seconds to three minutes. But any more than that, and I'm not getting too frugal. Hey, good to see you folks. Thanks for joining me on the live stream. And I'm talking, it's a numbers game today on the podcast. And today, with the thinking in threes, how much money you need access to in three seconds to three minutes, you know, 20, 30, 40, maybe $100 for some of us who can be a little more frugal and not just spend it right away. Um, well, then the next question is thinking in threes, how much money do you need in three minutes to three hours? This is money we keep at home in a place where it's safe. Uh, we have money in a checking account, maybe a savings account if you need to access it. When we're talking about money that we need access to in three minutes to three hours, one other thing to keep in mind is in natural disaster situations, if the power goes out, if ATMs aren't working or credit card machines aren't working, we need to have access to that cash. So maybe keeping some of that cash handy at home is a good idea in case of those kind of three minutes to three hour emergencies where you might need money. We're talking about things like maybe you need a new tire. Um, three hours to three days, or even in those three minutes to three hours, what if we have an emergency where we end up in like a hospital situation? A lot of times, even if you have insurance, you're still gonna do something called pay a deductible where you have to put a whole bunch of money down all of a sudden. Having access to that cash, this is where that cash stronghold really comes in handy in a checking or a savings account because then we're looking at, you know, Sometimes an emergency room deductible is a thousand bucks. Anyway, back to the threes. How much money do you need in three minutes to three hours? What about three hours to three days? Now, this is where it gets interesting. This is where we move away from money and we start thinking about where we're putting our, our money in different financial tools. For example, a savings account is going to give you a better interest rate than a checking account, better interest rate than just having cash on you. But you don't want to constantly have to be dipping into a savings account. And having a savings account that's a high interest savings account usually means getting something online or through a different type of bank where you're getting a better return on your money, but then all of a sudden you have to wait a few days to access it. So this is a great way to move money further away from yourself and put it in a place where you're less likely to impulsively spend it. This is where you can start really stacking cash. Now, then we move past that immediate 
three hours to three days. And we start looking at like, okay, what do we need in three weeks to three months? Now we can start doing some interesting stuff with saving for priorities, building up a really big cash stronghold. Oftentimes recommended like how much is, how much do you spend in one month? What if you were to save up three months worth of expenses? Where would you put that money? In a savings account earning not very much high interest rate? Or an online savings account earning a little bit more? Or perhaps some certificates of deposit? Whole different subject for another day, but I want you to think in threes when it comes to how you need to access your cash. Because it gets even more interesting when we get into three months to three years, because then we can start looking at ways to really build on that interest with things like certificate of deposit ladders, CD ladders. Another topic for another day. Or if you want to see a very silly story of it, you'll find it on the Instagram, in the Instagram highlights, or on IGTV. But really quickly, just getting back to our topic at hand, because it's a numbers game. When we start looking past the threes idea, let's talk about one of my favorite numbers games, 24-7-365. For those of us who are like me, an impulsive spender, an impulsive buyer, an emotional person who in that moment of just like, I just want to have to have it because treat yourself and why not else? The 24-7-365 tip and trick is one of my favorites, and here's why. When we start thinking about our priorities, not just our goals, things that are important to us now, in the short term, in the medium term, and in the long term priorities, when we start thinking about pulling out our wallets, our cash, our cards, and spending money, if you are buying something that is not a need, can you hold off on buying it for 24 hours? Because in withholding that purchase for 24 hours, sometimes we defer the purchase and decide, you know what, we really don't need it. That impulsive buy all of a sudden becomes a little more frugally minded, or we decide after those 24 hours, you know what, no, this is a decision I wanna make. This is something that I wish to do. This is something that is a priority for me, because sometimes treating yourself is a priority. Anyway, moving past that, when we think about the 24-7-365 rule, in those 24 hours, it is really important to consider that you do not make these deliberations, these meditations, these thinking about whether or not you are going to purchase that thing that is more of a want than a need. It is really, really helpful and important to include other people in your family. So for example, if I'm gonna go buy something that's 50 bucks, 100 bucks, I'm gonna hold off for 24 hours at least, and I'm gonna to talk to the significant others and family and people that my spending and uh, financial habits affect because they are a part of my emotional and uh, financial choices, right? So where does the seven and 365 come in? When we start looking at bigger ticket purchases, we also wanna think about, okay, this is not just a 24 hour wait period, let's take seven days, right? If we're talking about a big ticket purchase, and you decide what a big ticket purchase is, it might be $100, it might be $1,000, it might be $50. Waiting seven days can help you really deliberate, gather more information, look for deals, and have that longer form conversation with friends and family to make sure that we are not just rationalizing a purely emotional decision that isn't going to benefit our priorities. And this is where 365 comes in. 365 days a year from now, whether you're thinking about a smaller purchase and deciding within the first 24 hours whether you're gonna buy it, or it's something that you're deliberating for a week before you purchase it, whatever the purchase is, 
Does it benefit you to buy it now? Will it set you up for your priorities a year or more from now? So for example, maybe going out with your friends for the weekend, you're thinking about whether or not it's good to spend the money. We're gonna have some chances to rationalize that and say, yeah, it's good to have this, have that, have the other thing. And perhaps it is. Ultimately, what are we looking at when we're thinking about our expending for our spending for our wants and our needs is a year from now, perhaps spending some quality time with friends and family will be a good expense, a good use of your financial priorities. So keeping that in mind, that's the 24-7-365 idea. And it's a numbers game as always, folks. So as we wrap up the Daily Dish, I want to bring up one of my favorite numbers games, the Rule of 72. The Rule of 72 goes like this. Actually, this is one of those rules that's not actually a rule. Um, it's just kind of a pretty good mathematical guideline. When you're trying to think about investing or paying down debt or thinking about things like people talk about interest rate, the percentage of interest that they charge you or the percentage of interest that you might make on an investment. The Rule of 72 is a great quick back of the envelope kind of way, in our heads kind of way to figure out how long it's going to take to double money or to double our uh, debt or to double our investment. Here's how it works. You take whatever length of time or whatever interest rate you're looking at and you divide 72 by that number. So for example, if someone, like many people, look at the stock market, long-term stock market interest rates, on average, a lot of people like to average, guess the average of about 8% return on your investments on the long-term for the financial, uh, for, for investing in stocks, for example. Uh, the market 8% return on average is a number thrown around a lot. So if we can think like, okay, if we're investing for the long term in some really quality, well-diversified stocks that have an 8% on average return, how long is it going to take us to double our money? So if we put in $1,000, how long is it going to take us to make $2,000 with an 8% return? Well, 72 divided by 8 gives us 9. So in 9 years, at an 8% return, we're going to double our money. Now, many people hearing this might be like, well, Craig, that's not good times. This is not, this is not the kind of big win money I'm looking for here. But the rule of 72 is interesting in this way, too. It can help us get perspective on how percentages can really affect us in both directions financially, whether it's with credit card interest debt or investing strategies. Because over time... The rule of 72 is really neat because with interest, it is an exponential growth path. We're talking about a skate park ramp once again, a curve that gets really steep the closer you get to the end of that time period. So one of the things I want you to think about is you'll hear people talk about things like 15% and I highly, highly, highly am suspicious of people who are talking about things like guaranteeing you 15% returns or 
also be very highly, highly cautious when you start looking at interest rates on credit cards that are above 15% because here's what we're looking at. If we apply the rule of 72 to 15%, we're looking at some hefty, hefty increases in our money, whether it's our debt or our investing, if we were able to have 15% back. Think about this. If someone says to you, I can get you a 15% return on your investments if you give me your money for the next 20 years. 20 years, two decades, right? What they're saying to you is that they can double your money every 4.8 years, which means that after 20 years, they would take $1,000 and they would double it in five years, call it 4.8, five years. So then 2,000 and then double it again in five years, 4,000, then double it again in five years. That's 8,000, then 16,000. All of a sudden, they've taken your $1,000 and they've made $15,000 out of your $1,000 just on interest. This is a highly, highly difficult thing to do unless it's debt. Because think about some of those credit card interest rates that you've seen before, well above 15%. With the rule of 72, when we start looking at numbers in the 20s and 30s when it comes to high interest debt, well, let's just think about it, right? If you have a 36% interest rate, rule of 72, the numbers get a little fishy here. But long and short of it, you are doubling your debt every two years. So this can get really, really expensive, especially if you're only paying off your minimums. But remember, we're not here to blame and shame. We're not here for the doom and gloom. It's all a numbers game, folks. It's about the healthy habits that we make, the healthy habits that we choose along the way and gamifying our lives if we're a gamer or figuring out what numbers games are best for you. Because when it comes down to it, it's not about the numbers. It's about our priorities. It's about the choices we make, the lives we live with each other. And when it comes down to personal finance, the first word is personal people. It's about us and our families and each other. And I'm getting all sappy here at the end because I've run out of things to say. Thanks for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Once again, The Daily Dish here at Greg Chats Cash, talking about money stuff till my dishes are done. Thanks for joining me. And I'm really excited. Next week, we're going to have some guests on the podcast. And we won't be live streaming it because I'll need this for recording. Because we're going to take our big mic in and we're going to talk to some entrepreneurs here in Ukiah, California, who are crushing it as barbers. The barber game. Don't sleep on it. And hopefully we'll get a fresh new cut for FinCon coming up. Those of you who catch this, please, if you've listened to more than one of these podcasts, let me know. I want to know who the loyal listeners are. I really, really have no idea. I want to make sure that the topics that you're enjoying or that you're hearing from me are relevant to you. Like I said at the beginning, I'm always looking to make this a better show for those watching. I really appreciate you and your time. I'm not sponsored by anything else but your time and attention. Thanks again. Have a great day. Make good choices. Go get money woke. Make some money moves. Peace.